Welcome to the Cleaning Up Business Podcast. My name's Chris Kilfoyle and I'm going to be your host. In every episode, we're hoping to bring you industry leaders from a wide variety of service sectors, disruptors within their industry and day-to-day entrepreneurs with some business and life lessons for you guys to take away. Let's jump in to today's episode. Someone talks about you in a positive way, I think you're 80% there. In the cleaning industry, people buy from people. And then I, I, I really learn how to make money, what matters, what levers you push and pull. And Sometimes you've just got to be able to get the job done. So after such an extensive career at such a big corporate company, how did that start to come to an end? Did you finally give you a bit of a reset? Oh, massively, massively. We've got into festival work. Oh, wow. This year we did Boomtown. But yeah, that was hard work. Lots of opportunities, lots of things to do, lots of great ideas. I don't think the cleaning industry gets the respect it deserves. I don't miss what I've never had. Welcome back to another episode of the Cleaning Up Business Podcast with me, Chris Gilfoyle. Today, I have Sean Brogan with me from B Green. Yeah. B Green Cleaning. Green cleaning. I'm going to let you guess what their USP is. Sean, thanks for coming down today. As always, we go all the way back to the start with our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself before you got into the notorious world of cleaning. Thank you. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. Thank you for coming it. down. And uh, I, I love what you do. Thank you. So, Thank you to Joe for the recommendation as well. Yeah. Um, so before I started B Green Cleaning, I worked for a company called Greenhams, who sold safety equipment in mainly in the construction industry. Uh, and I joined that at 16 years of age in the warehouse and worked my way onto the trade counter, then upstairs onto the phones. Literally straight out of school then into the Pretty fire. much. Yeah. Well, I went to college for three months, which was a wasted three months because... Um, Didn't like it. Well, as soon as they said, you know, uh, if you can't make it, that's fine. Just tell us the next time you're in, Yeah, which was a complete sea change from school. So I was like, oh, right. well, I won't come in tomorrow. And I, I didn't come in for a long time um, and I just popped in and out. Eventually, one teacher said, look, you're, you're wasting your time. Go yeah. do something else. So uh, my brother very kindly got me a job there because he worked there at the time. Uh, and as I said, I sort of worked my way up into the office, um, worked on the telephone sales, looking after accounts, that sort of stuff. Um, I left because I was a young man. It was the first job. And you kind of think you know it all. Of course. You know what I mean? It's can't be me wrong. It must be the rest of the world. So I left, uh, did a little bit of work as an electrician. And ask me why. Because um, there's loads of money in being an electrician. That's what everyone says, isn't there? Well, there is a load of money in it, but it is a bit feast and famine. So you can kind of go out and go, right, start at 4 a.m. We work until 7. And you go, wow, I've earned a £1,000 this week. Yeah. Then you don't work for 10 days. So when you average it out, you go, actually, it's not great money. Mm. Um, so I did that for a bit, and then it dried up. Then I worked for my uh, my wife's family they had a takeaway like a news agent's hot food shop that sort of stuff okay so i went in and helped them run it and that was really good actually because there's a couple of things there you know if you don't bring the money and you don't get paid yeah and and actually what i had learned in in my my job at greenham's and all that is profit margins delight the customer and that sort of thing so i um i started working there and i built the business up to roughly a thousand pound a day when i got there i was doing about 250 so um, not just me, it was everybody, but I was trying to drive it to make sure it worked. And ultimately, I, I wanted to buy the business because I wanted to move on and get on with my life. And understandably, they didn't want to sell it to me because it was theirs. Yeah. And I said, well, okay, that's fine. Um, and in the interim, I'd start a sandwich round because if you don't get enough people through the door, go to them. Like and it. I was doing a sandwich round at my old employer, Greenham's. And um, uh, the manager was still the manager that I knew. And he sort of said, how are you doing all that? And I said, yeah, I'm all right. And he said, have you learned anything? And I said, yeah, yeah, I've learned loads now. I, I kind of understand it's could have been me and not the, you know. And he just laughed and he said, look, do you want to come back? And I thought about it. I said, yeah, okay, I'll come back. And then I went back in on the phones. Um, then I went out on the road as a rep, did that for a while. And then I ended up being the manager of the whole branch. Yeah. I did that for... How did you find that? Did that? How did you find that retail experience? Sounds like you was in that a couple of times on the counter. Then with your, you know, yeah. takeaway business. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good field to be in for everyone? Anyone starting out? Because I've been told there's no better experience <laughs> than retail yeah. because you're dealing with people all the time. You know, in many different scenarios. Did you find that valuable? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I found it really valuable. Um, 
because it's very instantaneous. That's what I mean. And I think in, in, in you know, what we do now, even with clients or getting new, that's kind of a, right, I'm going to email them, I'm going to ring, you build up to it, or I know where they go, I'm going to go and network yeah. there. This is walk in, got what I want, no, off I go. And you kind of go, I need to preempt all of that. Yeah. So it was, it was quite an experience. Um, the real thing for me was the, the transaction of the money, money in, money out, yep. understanding where it goes and thinking, actually, that costs us quite a lot of money to do that. And how can I, how can I take the cost of that down but keep the quality the same, things like that? And that was a really good um, experience. Definitely when it's your own money, it's a different thing. Yeah, of course. No, that's right, mate. Do you, <coughs> that, time of, that time of year. Do you, yeah. so... You've gone back into Greenham's in yep. a sales capacity, yep. the starting one. Another great area to be in yep. to learn a business. How did you find that on the telephones? I loved it. It was easy, yeah. I, I've Handle rejection, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to, haven't you? Cool. Go have skin like a lizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's not a problem to me. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that will ask the question and else asks. Yeah. You just got to do it. So I found that straightforward and... I found it easy to get a report going with people. Yeah. yeah. That, that's half the battle, isn't it? Especially Absolutely. in our field. Yeah. I find people, no matter what anyone says, and we spoke about this off camera before we started about, you know, various different USPs that everyone goes around with. In the cleaning industry, people buy from people. And that's yep. the bottom line. I honestly, unless you're talking multi-million pound contract with a big tender process, yeah, okay, there might be some other variables in that. But nine times out of 10, in 80% of cleaning, they're buying into you yep. and the person in my eyes. Yep. And obviously your experience in the sales area must have held you in good step when you come over. So what else did you develop into Greenland? Because you were there for what, 20 odd years? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I was there a long, long time. Um, I eventually became a, uh, a board director. And and then I, I, I really learned, for one of them, how to make money, mm -hmm. what matters, what levers you push and pull and... And, and and that that's always put me in good stead. So I've never, I've never really worried about making money or getting that's, money. It's interesting. Um, and I look at as an old older man now. I look back. I mean, I did my my my, my father did the fruit and vegetables. So you know, do I mind selling? Hmm. You know, as a seven year old, trying to convince people to buy cauliflower. You know, there are yeah. no features and benefits of a cauliflower. No. I can assure you, <laughs> it doesn't you. even taste nice. I don't know anyone who eats it on its own. Yeah. You eat it with something. something. So, you know, my father would go, get rid of those for us. And you yeah. go out the front. And so, you know, selling technical garments or anything like that was like, there's so many features and benefits. This mm. is easy. Yeah. A cauliflower or a potato. That's quite difficult to say yeah. to somebody. You need that. Mm. So it's easy, but Bunzel or Greenham, because Bunzel bought them. I remember when that happened. <laughs> I remember when that happened, actually. I was with OCS when that happened. Yeah. Um, well, OCS are a big client apart. Yeah, and I remember that period where they where they bought them out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your time at Greenham's because obviously you've gone from, you know, entering in the shop floor literally yep. to yep. near the top of the business yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, which is, a, you know, no mean feat. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about everything in between there. Well, again, I, I think my... Success at Greenham was because I, I did know how to make money. Yeah. So I I made a lot of money as a salesman. Okay. A huge amount of money mm. for the company. Yeah. And a lot for myself. You know, I, I got a couple of um, bonus payments where, yeah. uh, and it was when Bunzel purchased Greenham, they had a completely different scheme that was based on how much you made. Right. You I get see. a cut of it. Okay. And I remember the first one I got, I. I didn't touch it because yeah. I thought someone's made a mistake here. Yeah, and I left it in my bank for three months. Yeah, and then I got paid again a relatively similar amount, and mm. I was like, "Oh no, that's my cut of the profit." Yeah. So it was to me, it was like, oh, "Okay, so if I make you that, I get that." And it for me, it just fell away, and I was like, "That's what it is." Yeah. And I just ran off with it, so to speak. And I think you know, if you're doing well at things like that, you get noticed. Um. So when the management of the branch came, I, I went for it and I got that. And I did that for four or five years. And I still managed a lot of the key clients because I knew them and they were quite big. Well, that relationship there as well, haven't you? Yeah, you, you, you can't walk away and you never no, leave them. And then I did that well. And then my then boss retired. 
and I, and I went for the role and I got the role and and then I looked after I ended up with ten businesses that reported into me or branches. Right, okay. And um, I travelled the country and I did that and that that was good. That was good. Um, and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed leading the people and motivating the team. I think you know that's one of the, one of the most rewarding things you can do is take somebody and develop them to where you go. They're better than they thought they could ever be. Yeah, and I really quite like that. That's a, is that is that a plus side of the corporate world? Obviously, we're, we're going to get on to like the entrepreneurship yeah. side of things. But everyone, I think, I do feel a lot of people. It's not for everyone. Yeah, you know, having your own business, um, hundred percent. And everyone gets blindsided by, oh, well, it's fashionable to be an entrepreneur. But there is value in being what I call an entrepreneur. So someone yeah. like yourself that's gone through the corporate ladder. Absolutely. You say, and there's many people you uncover during that journey. It's, that are it's a fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's massively enjoyable, rewarding. Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's mm. really, really good. And um, you have to be a certain person. Because what you're trying to do is develop individuals that can stand on their own two feet but respect the wishes of of the organisation yeah, or what yeah. you want. Yeah. So you can't mute people, but you also have to get them to toe the line. It's quite a skill, mm. if you know what I mean, yeah, to say to somebody, no, 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 you need to, it's on you yeah. to make it work, but I still need you to do that and that. Yeah, and, that. and do it this in this certain but manner. But it, it's rewarding. Yeah. yeah. What was the number one skill that you would look <laughs> that you would look for in, in people when you were looking? In me? Yeah. When you, so if you were looking at someone... That, and going, actually, this person's got some real potential. What were them things that would stand out for people? Um, well, there's a couple of things for me. I think I can teach anyone within reason to do anything other than to want to. Okay. You've got to bring that to the yeah, party. Yeah. yeah. You know, you... If they don't want to learn. Yeah. Well, if they don't want to make it work... Yeah. I can't, I can't give them motivation. Okay. But I could show them how to mm. close it, you know, or get someone to do it. So that's one thing. I think the other thing as well is I used to, when I interview people, and some people used to laugh, but I used to push them mm. to the point I was unreasonable. Okay. Because I want them to go. You're unreasonable. Yeah. Because yeah. I need them to, I used to need them to go, oh, well, you're not fair. That's not quite true. And because yeah. if they can't do it for themselves, sure. they can't do it for me when they're running their business. Yeah. Did they get? Did you get any interesting stories with that? To keep any people walk out. Uh, I, I made someone cry. Oh god! And I didn't mean to. Yeah. But they just they lied. Yeah. And I, I I didn't attack them, but I jumped. I caught the lie. Yeah. I said that's not what you said five minutes previous. Yeah. And they just fell apart, and I was like, that I'm not trying to high pressure scenario. I'm just trying to get to who you are. Yeah. Don't don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Hmm. I need to know who you are. Yeah. Because if I give you this job. And it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for me. And the last thing I want is for you to have a job that's going to hurt you. Yeah. And it's not going to help the business. Oh, of course. How did you find working at a higher strategic level within Greenham's funds? Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, it changes over the years because what you find is the strategic needs of a business suddenly become aligned. So I, th I think the thing that sort of started to eat away at me a little bit was... Uh, I, I had control, say, of my region yep. and pretty much what went on in it. But, um, you know, there'd be strategic deals on lorries and things like that because the business would buy a 1,000 plus yeah, a year. I can't go off and buy my own. And all those things made sense. But processes and procedures started to be formalised across the group, which I do get because on the group picture, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it adds a lot of value. And, and, and I get it. But when you start getting down to a level where you're asking people to do stuff, you kind of go, that doesn't work. Yeah. I, kn I know for the greater good it does, but it doesn't work. In reality, on the floor. Yeah, for this part of the business. Yeah, I understand that. And that's quite difficult to um, navigate. Yeah. You know, when you go, that's not quite. Particularly when you've come through, so you go, I know we need to do it that way, or yeah. I know this is how it's done. And that's why I think a bottom-down bottom up approach mm. is always the best for everyone that comes through in my eyes, yeah, yeah. because like, I think for my time through a large cleaning company, um, I'm the largest in the world now, you know, seeing it actually operationally yeah. versus coming in at mid management and above yeah. and you're not never getting that. You're just taking people's words for it. Yeah. You can highlight things like that because sometimes in big corporates, 
what someone says at the top doesn't, like you just alluded to, doesn't necessarily align to what really goes on in reality down below. Which is fine. Yeah. And it has to be done. They've just start consequences that have to be acknowledged mm. and say, well, that, that's not going to work quite right or that's not going to happen yeah. the way we used to because of that. And that's fine if we're going to do it, but you've got to make sure that these people are aware of it and yeah. that, that we understand that. And that's difficult to do. But I do think as well, coming through a business is good. I think also there is a bit to be said, though, for bringing in talent. Yeah, of course. Because if otherwise you're a little bit insular. Yeah. So you only know what you know. Of course. And those people can be super talented. But every now and again, you should bring in. Yeah, and I think like you alluded to, you know, where you get these people in, that come in with new ideas and that are, you know, they've got real potential. I think you need that. But what I'm saying is we need to, <coughs> I think you've got to have a under, core understanding of what yes, goes on ground yeah. level. Because otherwise you're, you're implementing processes and procedures yeah. that, like you've alluded, like necessarily, we spoke about it off camera as well. Sometimes you've just got to be able to get the job done. Yeah. And, you know, there is that fine line between, you know, a heavy management approach up here and processes and procedures and being yeah. very corporate. Yeah. And, 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 and I can't be fair. I've got to be fair. It's never heavy handed. Yeah. But it, it does make strategic sense. Sure. The best way I can describe it is, you know, you, you know, you're running a Rolex. And the market says, oh, we like iWatches because yeah. we're digital and fancy. Sure. We go, yeah, but we're, we're, we're a classic yeah. watch. Sure. So let's keep the classic watch, but let's develop a sexy digital Rolex on the side. Yeah. If you start trying to take a Rolex and turn it into just a digital, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. No. no. And sometimes that can happen. Yeah. And you think that's, that's just going to pain and suffering for everybody. Yeah. Any real challenges in your corporate career that you can think back on? Any times where you thought, oh, this isn't for me, actually? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> quite a few. And stand out? Um, yeah. Yeah, there is one in particular. We we, we had a discussion about, um, it's quite a small one, actually, but it resonated with me for no, quite a while. that's what I mean, yeah, it's personal impact. Um, yeah. yeah, we gave quite a lot of money to charity. Okay. You know, very generous. Yeah. And we, we, we just had a, an impromptu discussion about which charity to give it to um, because it, it sort of then became, can we get more bang for our buck if we give it to them? Yeah. And, and that really bothered me because mm. I'm like, well, if we're going to give it to charity, we should give it to the most worthwhile charity. Now, I never used to think like that and I never f felt like that when I was younger, but as I got a little bit older, I just thought we should give that money to wherever it makes the most impact, not where it necessarily benefits you, us company. Yeah, that's marketing. Yeah, cool, of course. And I'm happy, to, but I'd say, well, let's just do that as marketing then. Yeah, because that's really marketing in my mind. Charity is charity. Yeah. Um, and and you know we should find the most worthy cause that resonates with us all, and give it to that. Yeah. Not, and not go oh, and I wonder if. Mm. And that's the doubt. That's the that's the the other side of the corporate world, isn't it? You know. It's understandable, though. Yeah. Oh, cool. oh yeah. yeah. Anyone that's been in that world, yeah. you know, it, it goes on, and yeah, there doesn't. are reasons and logics behind yeah. that, and we understand that as part of. But it 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 really bothered me far more than I realised at that time. Okay. It's all you know when you just something latches in your brain, yeah. you're thinking, I'm comfortable with something, and 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 it was that. Yeah. And I thought I don't I really don't like that. So after such an extensive career at such a big corporate company, as say who yeah. I'm very familiar with, how did that start to come to an end? Um, they, they had some management changes okay. at the seat above me. Yeah. And, and I think what started to happen was I, I'd been around the block a few times. Okay. So, you know, when someone says, yeah, let's do it this way. Yeah. And you think that's not going to work. Is it? Mm. Because I've, I've, I've been around this block seven times. And we've tried that and six. I, I, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that was probably a problem for me. Deep down, where I thought, oh, no, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. And as I said, it, this is all with hindsight. Yeah. So at the time, you don't necessarily. So I look back now, and I, and I think it was that for me, where I was like, we've done this, and we've done that. And, you know, there's, there's the phrase, if you want to dig more coal, go and ask them on the coal face. Yeah. And, and, and as new management people come in, and new techniques, techniques, should I say, it was more, let's tell them what to do. And I'm like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. If they say to us, I tell you what, give us a bigger shovel, we should give them a bigger shovel. Mm. Um, 
And th- and I think that started it for me. Where I was like, I'm not sure this is. Yeah. But I'm I'm incredibly loyal, man. Um, fiercely loyal. And uh, you know, I love I love my time there, but it was time for a change yeah. for me. Definitely. I think you, I think you know, don't you? Deep down, I didn't. Yeah, I knew something was bothering me. Yeah. And again, with hindsight, I look back now and think, oh yeah, it was that. Because mm. I don't feel that anymore. Yeah. But when you're in the throes of it, of course. You know. And you've been there for so long as well. Yeah. It must yeah. have been a tough decision. So you opted to leave <coughs> Greenham's yeah. Yeah. Bunzel. What happened in between? But I had an amazing six months. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. So I took six months off. Lovely. Um, and you know when people go, I, I just got to work. I've got to keep busy. Mm. I, I really didn't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. My, yeah. I, I was oh, like, I couldn't no. imagine not being at work. Oh, I, I could. Get, I, I lost six stone in weight. Yeah. So I got myself a bit fitter because mm. I had this sedentary lifestyle of office. Yeah. Drive. I did 40, 40 odd thousand miles a year. Hotels three nights a week. When you go to a hotel, you tend to have three courses. Yeah. Then a cook breakfast. So I just started walking, started doing loads of steps. And over a period of about a year, I lost six stone. Wow. Well done. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm. Put a lot of it back on now. Um so that was really good. And, and I, I, not a lot of people know this, but I I was just walking around the estate and there's a TK Maxx. I used to walk in there when it was raining and um, they had some Christmas things up there. And I thought, if I don't do something, I'm going to go mental. Yeah. So I said, oh, can I work for Christmas? And they, they interviewed me and sort of said, why? Yeah, well, what are you doing? Like and I was like, I just, I just want something in the evenings to keep me busy. And I mean, literally, it was five minutes from here. Yeah. So do you know what? I did two nights there, maybe three nights there, and I can't tell how much I loved it. You enjoyed it? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was it was refreshing to come in and just go, that's, I'll work, that's fine. Yeah. What do you want me to do? No Rather brain. than go, we're going to go do yeah. this. Not not so much leading from the front, and there's not, I imagine, not as much brain capacity. Just, you know. No, but... I know what I've got to do. Yeah, but I've never done anything like that. Yeah. So... Someone says to go and, you know, stack a load of towels and uh, uh, make them look appealing. Yeah. I can't tell you how difficult I found that. Yeah. Which used to frustrate me because I used to think, well, hang on a second. I had a very good job, made a load of money. Yeah. I can't stack towels so yeah. they look appealing to the eye. Mm. This 17-year-old would come up, just change five, and I'd go, wow, that looks amazing. Yeah. It really bothered me. But it just kept me busy. And great group of people. Uh, I had a real laugh. I really did. I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And... um yeah, I did that for a while. Not, I can't remember how long. It wasn't super long, but I've got a lot of funds for it. I really have. One of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> how did you find having six months off? Um, I also, I'm asking that for a personal personal reason. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Do you find it give you a bit of a reset? Oh, massively, massively. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to you about how I started at a young age. Yeah, of course. So I've never, I've never, never really, had that. No, I didn't really have a lot of time of dossing around doing them. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I literally took that job because I worked out that I was quite comfortably filling all my days. Wake up, go for a walk, think, all right, okay, what am I going to have for dinner? Because I'm trying to eat better. Go to the supermarket, get the stuff, walk back, get all my steps done, then I'll start prepping my dinner. Before you know, it's dinner time. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah, and that was every day. Um. Honestly, I mentally it was fantastic. It just, just give you a bit of a reset. Yeah, it was really good. It's really good. You don't realise when you're in such a high pressure environment, which you're obviously working in for a long time, yeah. you know, going through different phases within Greenham's. Yeah. You know, it does take a bit of a toll on you at the end of the day. Oh, and sometimes you, 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 yeah, yeah. You, not intentionally, but yeah. you get an autopilot. And it's not till you till you do stop, like you that maybe you realise actually, you know, I was a little bit burnt out in that oh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've had your six months off. Yeah. I suppose we're getting to the entrepreneurial side now. Yeah. So where does Be Green come into things? How did that start? Uh, uh, well, I, as I said, I had a good job at Greenham's or Bunzel. But when I was doing that, I, I used to think, I wonder if this is because um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, an average player on a good team or yeah. whatever. So I always had this thing about, should I maybe do something myself? And I never really acted upon it, but I started to think about it. Then uh, I was in contact with my 
my best friend from school. We I've known him since we were three in, in nursery together. And he was in a corporate job, but he, before he went in, into a corporate world, he had his own cleaning business. So we did, you know, we went out for a couple of evenings, things like that. And then he just said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I don't know. I've always thought about doing something myself or I'll go and get another job managing teams or whatever it is. Not necessarily in the same industry, but just similar skill set. And he just said, why don't, why don't we do something together? And interestingly, when I was at Greenham's, excuse me, when I was at Greenham's, he came to me when he had his cleaning business yeah. and said, I need someone to help me run this business because I think I can make a massive go of it. It's doing well. But I need someone and I can't think of anyone other than you. And I laughed and said, I'm not doing that because I was on a... Yeah, yeah. On that trajectory. Yeah, and I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. Um, and he said, why don't we, we do a cleaning company? And I laughed and said, why would I do that? And he said, well, I know how to run a clean business. You know how to run a business. We can... I think we made a good go of it. Yeah. So I said, all right, let's have a think. I went away, came back and said, yeah, okay, let's do it. But I want to do something that sort of gives back, not just consumes. Yeah. I don't want to be ironic because this will sound to lots of people. I just don't want to be focused on how much money you make. It has to have a wider good. Yeah. And he felt the same way. And that's why I said, okay, so we'll, um, We'll get into the ethical environmental cleaning market. And that's how it started. And then uh, we we used to meet at this hotel in Southampton. And sort of, you know, started the business and have discussions and debates over what the name is and things like that. And we just started along that. Yeah. So and we literally bootstrapped it. So we, I didn't take a loan out. He didn't take a loan out. We didn't go, right, it is 10 grand. Yeah. We were literally like, Okay, we need to pay for the registered the company. Yeah. Right, I'll pay twenty quid. And yeah, that, that's the plus side of you know cleaning businesses, isn't it? Really, that and and it's a plus and a negative, right? Because right, what does it? What's the barrier to entry? Well, you just alluded to it. Really, there there is none, is there? No. Really, you know, you don't even have to go and buy any equipment because you've probably got it in your house to start. Yeah, right. Um, so the, there's the low barrier to entry, yeah, which makes it appealing to yeah. everybody. Um, what made you go down the green route? Is that something that you? you've always been into that you, or did you think it was just a USP that the market was moving towards or? Uh, no, it's fair to say it is a USP in that yeah. regard. But as I sort of alluded to earlier, I, I kind of got to the point in my life where I thought I was just consuming and what's in it for me. And and I didn't sit with me yeah. around and I thought I've got to do something different. Mm. So, you know, I'd, I'd sit and have meetings in, in, in my old job. And, if, you know, the question really is just how much money are we going to make? That's the corporate well for yeah, you, isn't just it? Just go on with it then. Or, no, not worth it for them. You've got to make money. But yeah. I wanted to try and do something that had a positive effect. Yeah. Um, so the ethical and the environmental cleaning piece for me, and as you can hear, I'm coughing away. I'm asthmatic. Um, you know, and I do believe that you can have great cleaning yeah. without having to resort to constantly using chemical. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you, you can get great cleaning results and sometimes, you know, you can argue you get better because yeah. of the nature of the products and things like that. So I just wanted to do something that, so we're, we're a triple bottom line business really. Okay. So we're people planet profit. Right. So we make decisions on three fronts. Can we make money? Does it harm the planet? What does it do for people? Yeah. So I see on your website, first thing that you come up yeah. against is plastic. You yeah. know, all your environmental impact scores. Yeah. Straight up on your website. So it's a little bit like saying we could buy that moped. Yeah. And it costs, and we'll make a pound using it. Yeah. It's looking at it and going, well, actually, we could buy that moped. And we'll make 75p, yep. not as much, but it's better for the planet and it's easier for the people to clean. And you go, right, well, then let's use that. Yeah. And then what you do when you start the business is, you know, I'm quite pragmatic, I think, about uh, environmental cleaning. Little steps. 
So you make the changes as and when you can, when yeah. your business can sustain it. Um, you go, okay, let's stop using that, start doing that, let's stop doing that, and start doing that. And that's just the approach we're on. And I certainly don't think that we are in any shape or form here to kind of go to people, this is what you do, and this is how you do it. Yeah. I get it. All we're trying to do is our best. So, you know, I'm quite happy to share techniques and ideas of other cleaning companies. I, I think it's the right thing to do. But that, that's how I look at it and think, well, okay. How did you, when you started the business, <coughs> add, grab a water. Excuse me. The, how did you find, so you've got your green initiative because the industry I find is most customers are pretty reluctant against green cleaning because yep. they generally think it's more expensive. It is. Generally. Yeah. Not taking into account the cost of use and, and, and all those bits and pieces in between. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? How did you get over that barrier? Was there, was, do you find customers go to you? Oh, well, no, we're not really interested in that because it's going to cost us more money, or do you find they're relatively susceptible to green yeah. initiatives now? I would say to you, it depends where you fish. Yep. So certain conurbations are more um, more receptive. Yeah, yeah. Certainly where there's more money. Of course. So people have more of an affluent lifestyle. They, they actually do want to pay it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, in the bigger cities, it's not so much of an issue. Yeah. Or it depends on the client as well. But I can't just turn it around and say, it's great cleaning, doing good. And it's market competitive. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you have an ethical green cleaner? Sure. Hmm. You're not really paying a premium and you're getting all of this. Yeah. So. I tend to find it's, you know, the bigger, the bigger companies <coughs> that tend to buy into it a little bit more because they've got their ESG and, and they've got targets and things like that. Thanks, mate. We don't want any deaths on the podcast just yet. First one. Yeah. <laughs> the, view, the viewing numbers go through the, the roof. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I find I find cleaning from a sustainable practice is easier for, at a top level because they're not as sensitive to costs, like you said. Yeah. They like they understand all the benefits. It looks good from a PR point of view as well for the yeah, you know, particular does, company. Yeah. Um, and then, I say, you've got the ethical part of it. Yeah. Do you find it, it, it's easier to do it at that level rather than, you know, someone that's mind you I no, suppose you know we don't work with people that go oh well I'm just worried about price if someone declares that I'm out straight you kind of go you're I'm, I'm, yeah and my, my words to them would be in most instances I don't think we're right yeah so you know go, go find the people you mm. want or even sometimes I'll go that's not us but maybe someone like that would help you out um it depends I mean I, th I find a lot of charities and small businesses care about it and and you're right. In some businesses, you have to go to the the check person yep. and go, "Why aren't you doing that?" Mm -hmm. And they suddenly go, "Oh yeah, I didn't I, I didn't really thought of it." Mm. So they looked at their they look at the direct spend, not their indirect. Sure. And that's where I can go. I like them other bits and pieces. Yeah. Did <coughs> was your business partner on the same page as you when it come to that, or was there a discussion that you had um, there? Yeah, he's on the same page. I mean, we're different people. Mm. So um, there'll be instances where we, you know, I might think one thing, he thinks another, but fundamentally we're on the same page. Yeah. yeah. It's not an issue. No. Do you find how, what's the common thing you come across in the industry? Like <laughs> a common misconception about cleaning sustainably that people don't, you know, understand or don't buy into that you have to educate people on all the time? Um, I'd say there's a couple of things. I think people think you're back to um, bicarbon lemon juice. Yeah. And you go, no, that's, that's, that's not what we do. Um, there's certainly that avenue. There is this avenue about, oh, it's going to always cost me more. Yeah. Um, and I would say, no, it doesn't really. Not at all. Um, those are the two areas I find that people think you, that's how you're going to do it. And that's why you're going to do it. Yeah. And for some reason it won't be as good. Yeah. But, you know, I know a lot of, really big global FM companies that will clean quite sustainably. Yeah. You know, they, they get it and it's on such a scale that it works for them. I've just looked at that and said, well, I can't do all the things they do, but I could take five or six of them and yeah. just 
give them to the smaller end user. Mm. And that's, that's all I've done. But that's the thing. People think you're going to turn up with a lemon and, and, um, and by calm, you're going to, no, it's, it's not like that. I, I have to professionally clean. Do you think there's a problem within the cleaning industry when, <coughs> when it comes to greenwashing? I.e., you know, <laughs> companies yeah. um, saying how sustainable they are. We mon- manage this process like this and we use these products, but really back of house when you get into their cleaning cupboards, they don't, they're using, you know, the cheapest product they can find. Yeah, I think it probably is. What what I always look for, though, if, 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 if you're going to do that, I think, you know, it's the intent. Mm. If you know you're not doing the right thing and you talk about it in a different way, that's intent. I think a lot of them talk about it and do think that's great. Yeah. And you kind of go, it's, well, there are better ways of doing it. So for me, it's the intent on it. If everyone's trying to do something, then that's got to be good for all of us, surely, isn't it? It may not be the best. I get that. But, you know, five years ago, they might have been, you know, washing with bleach and now they're using an all compostable sachet. Yeah. And you can go, well, there are better ways. But that is markedly better than bleach. Yeah, it's making a step in the right yeah, direction. That's it. And I think just as education comes about, you know, that's why I, I don't look to judge people. I'm only going on what I know. And I'm open to having my views corrected or learning more to go, actually, that is a better way now. Let's try and achieve that. So I don't think anything gets achieved by berating too much. But greenwashing, you know, yeah, certainly is out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How's the business journey been the past four years with Big Green? Well, it's been amazing. Yeah? Yeah. What's growth been like? Massive? Millions in the bank, as most people say straight away? What's the reality? <laughs> I'm making it rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I can't complain. It's been yeah. good. We grow consistently every year. Good. What I don't want and what I've never wanted is a feast and famine business. Mm. So... You know, there's this thing called the Pareto Principle business, which is 20% of clients give you 8% a year. Yeah. I don't particularly want that because that 20% fundamentally shaped my business. So if one of them closes down, goes somewhere else, I have to make some uh, noticeable changes to my business. And and I've done that in my previous, and I don't want to do it anymore. So I look to spread the load of clients. I think that's a wise choice in business generally i mean there's a good lesson there yeah i've seen i've asked i've actually got personal experience of a a family friend that had all their concentration with one large customer management changed at the top they were out and literally they they couldn't recover they couldn't recover it so that's a valuable and and they lose heart yeah so we grow consistently um you know we we started before the pandemic Tough time, right? Yeah, it was a tough time. Um, I'm smiling because my, my business partner was working. <laughs> so I was sort of doing all the background work. Yeah, yeah, of course. We got to Christmas and he said, I'm going to chuck the job in. Let's go for it. Yeah. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, let's do it. And we're sat working somewhere and I think it was about three weeks later. And, and COVID. Popped out and said, we're locking the oh, government no. down. And we're locking the country down. And I really laughed. And I was like, if you held on for three weeks. And he's like, oh, we ain't going to get any money. Um. But it was the making of us. Okay. Because um, I figured if we can make money through that and grow, yeah. we, we'll, we'll do it anytime. Mm-hmm. And we did. We, we, you know, we, I network quite a lot. And I always okay. have done. Yep. Um, and it's quite important to press the flesh, I think. So what, what started to happen was I get people ringing me up and going, our cleaners just left. And you go, what? Stop. And they go, no, no, they've quit. Because a lot of people were just cleaning offices two, three times a week. That was their own little thing. Yep. It's like, I'm not doing that. I could die. Mm. So we got two or three clients quite quickly. They said, could you fill the gap? And we're like, yeah, that's fine. And it just sort of started to grow from there. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's an actual opportunity come out of this because lots of people don't want to clean, understandably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we grew from that. Yeah. Was you out <laughs> in the early days of a business? Yeah. You've got to be on out the on tools. the floor. Yeah, yeah, on the tools, as we call it. Are you- yeah. Was yeah. you that process? How was that from going from a corporate world down to on the tools? Uh, it was good. It was all right. I liked it. Um, that CK Max experience helped as well. Yeah, I imagine. yeah it did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, I, I, you know, I, I kind of looked at it like a workout. Yeah. Because I was keen for it. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. That was all right. And how can you tell somebody to do something if you don't know how it's done? I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned 
you know, uh, I learned a lot doing that. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I found it all right and actually got to know a lot of the clients. Yeah. So, you know, we go and see them now, they go, Oh, special, special occasion, is it? And you go, no, 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 we, we, we you know, we, we keep our hands in still. Yeah. What was it like bringing staff on board? Well, that's, that's different in the cleaning game because what you find is, uh, people don't live to clean. They clean to live. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you are trying to find the best talent possible for people that are maybe at uni, want some money. Yep. And people that are retired, uh, people on maybe income support benefit, just want a few extra hours. Or also people that have some sort of condition or illness that want to work, but they don't like crowds. Yeah. So, you know, that was a, that, that absolutely is a massive sea change to what I was used to. Of course. Um, but fundamentally it's okay once you understand it and mm. you know, you know what to do and how to do it. Yeah. Um, we're okay. I mean, we still get challenges with people, but Everyone does. we, you know, again, we try to be a little bit different. So we try to be more of a community okay. for our team. Rather. To tell me more about that. So, you know, I'm going to use a cliche now, but we are digital first. Yeah, yeah. So part of what we try and do is everything is electronic. Okay. So we, you know, from quite an early day, we, we use an app. Yeah. Puts a job on there. Fine. Shifts. Yep. Tick lists of what they've got to do. You know, sort of trying to make it easy. Yeah. Also in a, level, a degree of accountability, clearly, but trying to make it easy because if you've got someone cleaning four or five places, they may not remember when they go in this office that actually somebody wants them to do the washing up there. Yeah. And you learn quickly and go, that's not because they don't care. It's because they don't realize. So we do that, but we have this app that we use, but we, you know, we try and make it fun. So it's a bit of a, uh, like an internet really. So there's quite a lot of, Chat goes on in That's the good. evening. Yeah. Rather than you know, clocked in. Yeah. It is partly that because that's how we run a business. Of course. But it is, you know, it's always very nice when someone says, I'm not really feeling it tonight. Um, you know, there's good and bad in this. But you get, I'm not feeling it tonight. I'm not very well. And someone else goes, I'll cover you. It's fine. So in a way you go, that's really lovely. And then yeah. you also think, yeah, but you need to check with us really. But. Yeah. That's where culture comes in to, to yeah. the fray though, isn't it? You know, because... When you want, when, if you don't have a good company culture and you've got that, you know, that more pictorial process, like you was talking about, oh, you haven't clocked in where if there's more of a community there in those scenarios where you need someone to cover or yeah. someone's ill, you've got that rapport that you can reach out to someone and they're more likely. It benefits to the business. It benefits us, but also, isn't it just the right thing? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know many people that get up and go, I'm going to do a rubbish day's work today. Yeah. They don't. They, people go to work and want to do their best. What mm. you've got to realise is how can you help them do their best? Yeah. And even if it is cleaning, because that's the thing, people are just cleaning. Well, give them the tools they need, help them out, you know, and, and, and show them the way and show them that you care. Yeah. Because there will be a moment where they'll be cleaning somewhere and they'll think, I don't want to do that. Or, yeah. That ain't on I'll miss that today. Yeah. And then they'll go, do you know what? They're all right. And yeah. So... But it, I'll just go back to it. It's not for that reason. It's just it's the right thing for people, yeah. I think. Do you find when you're recruiting staff, that's a buy-in for them when you tell them about your green credentials? Depends on the age group. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. University, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the younger generation are more buy-ins of that? Yes. It's, they'll, nine times out of ten, they'll go, that's what caught their eye in the eye. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so... Four years in a business, still relatively young. You're still yeah, enjoying yeah. it. Have there been any real standout moments for you in the, in that short four years so far that you look back on fondly? You think, oh, you know, that was a good day. That was a, I enjoyed that. Really stick out. Or has it just been all one big blur and it's all been enjoyable? Um, that's a good question. There are some good moments. Uh, we've got into festival work. Oh, wow. Yeah, not not by design. Yeah, um, and uh, this year we did Boomtown. Okay, so because they're Winchester, we're Winchester. Yeah, it works like that. And don't get me wrong, it was really hard work. It was really. Hard I bet. Work. Really, really hard work. How did you find that? Did, did you have to find varying volumes of staff for different days? And yeah, yeah, it's all like that. Sounds like yeah, pain. Like so we we didn't do the whole site, but we did cut the. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, that was hard work. But it was one of those things where you go after. Yeah, you know what? Actually, to, to be fair, they're quite. You know, I think they're the second largest festival after Glastonbury. Okay. And you kind of go, oh, we did something right there then. Yeah. So that for me stuck out, and it's quite a festival. I have to say, <laughs> it is. Was you there in the work capacity, or was you enjoying yourself? Or both? Oh no, working. Yeah. yeah I, don't get me wrong. I was going there to learn. So if we do it again. What do we do to make yeah, it better? Make it better next time. So I went there in a work capacity um, in that regard with the view of, I'm going to watch those people and I'll go and do that. But it's what I didn't comprehend, Chris, was the site is miles. Yeah, of course. So by the time you go, we're doing like three areas. It's like a it's like a 10 mile walk. And oh. by the time you think, go and watch them, you're yeah. like, oh, they're a mile and a half. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going right. home. Yeah. So I didn't really get to do much of that, but. The reason, the reason I ask that question is, in a bit, especially in an early, you know, it, you, people don't look back and reflect on, you know, no. positive. You know, we're, so, and I've been there several times, you, you know, you pass a big milestone or yeah. something happens in your we business. You celebrate the wins. Yeah. That's quite, that's quite big. And you think, oh, you know, it, you're back to normal business as usual the next day and you don't yeah. really reflect back on them. So sometimes it's good to go back and think. Yeah, no, we do. And that's a challenging environment to work in. Because we we've done some work with Dreamland yeah. in, in Margate, similar scenario where you've got to fluctuate staff up and down. Yeah. You know, you you try and get fifteen staff in and only eight turn in, and you've got to deal with issues yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's exactly, a tough, that was exactly why I'm. It was it. It's a it's a tough tough market that one. On the flip side of that, obviously, as I say, it's still a relatively short amount of time. But in them in the four years, have you thought, oh, I wish I'd stayed in that corporate world? No, no, no. No, because there are downtimes, obviously, and there are moments where you think, but for me, uh, and, and I wouldn't say it's because it's remarkably better or whatever. Yeah. You just focus on what you're doing, don't you? Of course. That's the sort of person I am. Mm. But I wouldn't swap it back. I don't miss, you know, I miss some people there because I made a lot of friends. Yeah. And, and I just can't see them because they might be 200 miles away. Of course. You know, it just doesn't work, but. I don't, I don't miss that piece of it at all. I, you know, I like what I've got now. Mm. Yeah, probably had a better car and that sort of stuff, but no, I don't miss it. Not at all. I, no, no. I think the thing is, if you run your own business and you sat there, or the way I look at it, as I'm sat there, I'm stood there thinking, not enjoying this. I yeah. think, well, this is my merry-go-round. Mm. So how did I get into this position where I'm not enjoying it? Yeah. What do I do next to make sure I don't get into that position? Okay. Because if not, it, that's the beauty of running it is you go, it's all on me or it's all on us. You could, and you've got the capacity to change it if you need to, haven't you? Yeah. So if you're in a position you're doing something you're not happy, hmm. I, I look at myself and go, I got myself here. What did what steps did I take yeah. that led me to happen to be like this? And I, I reverse engineer it and go, right, I'm not doing that. Again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a, that's a great mindset to have. I don't think a lot of people. I take think that. it's the only one. Yeah, Otherwise, because you'll, well, you become that you become a professional victim don't yeah, you, at you the end do. of the day and you're a victim of your circumstance rather than your own actions which nine times out of ten like you just alluded to it's your own actions that got you to where you well, are well if it's, if it's you know if you, if you co-own the company yeah who, who else is at home hmm. what's the next steps in terms of growth what plans have you got what's next for B Green are you on about the the scale of the bit yeah I don't know still filling that out well, part of me says go for it. Yeah. You know, part of me says just keep going at a consistent level, growing and growing and growing. Um, I think that's a better, I think that's a better methodology, to be honest. Mm. You know, I'm not pushing it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not precious either way at the moment. Mm. And and the reason I say that is because if I felt precious either way, I'd be doing that. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, well, let's just see what happens. Um, lots of opportunities, lots of things to do, lots of great ideas, but... There's plenty we there's plenty that we already do that we could do more of. Right. So I'm like, let's just keep doing that. You've got it there. Yeah. And then, you know, a bit like a bit of festival work. We yeah. didn't plan it and it just sort of suddenly you go, Oh, we do quite a few festivals now, not tiny ones and things like that as well. But you kind of go, Oh, we didn't strategically plan that. Yeah. So I quite like seeing where things go, where you just do a good job, do it well, add value. Um, you know, I, I think the best form of marketing is advocacy. Yeah. Someone talks about you in a positive way. I, I think you're eighty percent there. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about networking. <coughs> do you still do a lot of that, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Is that a big part of what you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you enjoy it? 
yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like anything. You'll get out of it. What you put into it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you turn up at networking and think, right, there's 30 people in here. I'm going to get a client today. Uh, I, ironically, I've had that happen to me twice. But it doesn't tend to work like that for me. I, I tend to find I just interact with people, get to know them, and then, you know, I'll get a phone call a month later from someone saying, um, I'm a friend of Tim's and you think Tim? And they're like, oh, I, I was talking to him and I need a cleaner. I'm not at me. And, and you go, oh, right, yeah, okay. And, and you know, it'll be Tim at one of the networking groups. Well, that you've met before. And, of course, you do it in reverse, don't you? You kind yeah. of go, someone's saying, oh, I'll get an accountant. You go, oh, I'll tell you, I was being through this. And I'm an accountant. And that, that's how networking, I think, works. Yeah. Yeah, I've always struggled with that. I, I enjoy it in certain scenarios, but then sometimes I, I, I don't, I've struggled with that myself but i know there's i think since doing the podcast and content and meeting lots of different people yeah. I, i've definitely found the value in that and i still know it's something i should do more of yeah just depends what you do i mean um you know i think it's hbn do the 60 second pitch and, mm. you, you know i i'm more i don't i'm not a member of them but yeah that doesn't bother me doing that in, in the slightest but i fill in for people mm-hmm. for them but for me i'm kind of like that's forced networking I prefer organic. Yeah. I think real relationships come out of that. And so I probably do, I do at least one a week on average. Yeah. Yeah. At least one a week. That's good. Do you, for anyone that wants to, or is getting into the commercial cleaning field, professional cleaning field, however you want to label it, that wants to be more sustainable. Yeah. What would your number one piece of advice be, Sean? What is the small steps they can make to, you know, really start doing change and you alluded to it earlier that they can only be sometimes they could be subtle changes but what would be the easiest and number one piece of advice you'd give someone that's looking to be more sustainable with their cleaning company um at a conceptual level i would say to people stop thinking of things as disposable think of reusable yeah and apply that methodology okay where you can yeah and when you can yeah so you know, can you, you know, we use a lot of speed mops, flat mop systems from rock fibers. Yep. Washable rather than disposable. Uses less water. Yep. On lots of floors, they're actually better. Um, Costs you a little bit more money to buy one. Mm. But actually, cost in use will pay for itself. Yep. And in time and, and, and everything else, it's things like that. And then even if you do go back to what's classed as a traditional dolly mop or a Kentucky, pay a pound and get the ones that can be washed. Yeah. So yeah. you can use them over again. Yeah. Now that makes, <laughs> that makes sense, you know, reusing stuff, right? Because we're guilty of that in the industry, aren't we? About, you know, everything's disposable and then they single-use plastic mops. But the world like is the world's disposable. Yeah. And I think it just sort of, you know, I think I said it earlier, I got to a point in my life where I just felt consumed. Mm. And, you know, it's actually quite, it can be fun to work out a way. I mean, I'll give an example. I, I haven't bought... Um, I haven't bought a new vacuum cleaner in two and a half years. Okay. I buy second-hand Henry's and Eddie's. And yeah. Strip them down, put new parts on them. Yeah, back in the circulation. Get back in the circulation. Because um, they're workhorses. Oh, yeah, for they, that. that. You know. We've destroyed one uh, yeah. on our YouTube channel. But We'll try to. They they don't tend to die. No. So change the hose, change the wand, change the head, clean it, put a new bag in it, and you're going, well, that's good to go for... Yeah. You know, hmm. and ironically, I'm 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 reusing a product that someone disposed of. Yeah, and it's it's cost me less, cool. which means it costs the client less. Yep, and that's where you learn and go. Oh, hang on a second, that actually, you know, and occasionally you get some faulty ones that will break down eventually. But when I've sat and done the analysis, I'm still like, that's a far more cost effective way of doing it than purchasing a new one every yeah. time. So yeah. And straight away, you've alluded to that, you know, you're saving the customer money. So that perception of, well, green cleaning is going to cost me more money. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head there. That actually, it's the direct opposite. Well, I, I operate what's known as a circular economy. So I buy concentrates, yep. mix them, mm-hmm. put them into my triggers or bulk five litres. And then I put them on the site, the operatives use them. We then go and pick them all back up, Got it. wash it, yep. refill them. So yep. I'm not chucking plastic. I'm reusing them. Yeah. Now, um, once once you reach a scale, it's actually quite cost effective. So yeah. you, you might make a little less to start with, but once you've got Get it. 100 odd sites or whatever, 
you kind of go, actually, it costs us quite a lot of money to go back to buying triggers, dispose of, buying triggers, dispose of. Yeah. Um, and we don't know any different, so that's just how we do You've it. You've done it from the start, which is the best way and to I, do it. And that's why I do understand with cleaning business been going a long time where they kind of go, I can't do that. Yeah. And I go, I get it. And I, I do know why you think like that, and I understand it, but I didn't know it. And I, I didn't have potentially the, the more profit from that process. So I, I, I don't miss what I've never had. Yeah. And I knew that when I did it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're a lot more agile when you're smaller, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, logistics, but yeah, you know, but it just can't do that in a hundred million pound cleaning company that's got four thousand sites or whatever with you know thousands of employees. You can do anything. It depends how you want to set it up. I mean, we, you know, we're not just in Hampshire. So we're in we're down in Plymouth. We do a couple in London. We go in the Midlands. We go up to Hull. And we've just, um, you know, in, par- in partnership with those clients, set up little hubs yep. and got it going there. So you can do it. It's just, again, you have to have this thing that, okay, I might not quite, I might not make as much yep. as I could, but fundamentally they like us because that's how we do it. Mm. So for me, it's it's a win. Yeah, They don't really want me to... Um, keep replacing triggers yeah. and stuff like that they want but it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique approach and obviously you know it's, it's working working for you guys and, Touch and wood, your customers yeah. if the guys want to find you at B Green where can they find you what's your website it's www.bgreencleaning.co.uk I mean you personally on LinkedIn yes I'm on LinkedIn it's Sean Sean, Sean Brogan it's yeah. H-A-U-N yeah yeah I'm on that um, you can email me Sean at bgreencleaning.co.uk perfect any closing points Sean any takeaways? Um, What's your parting comment for us? I don't think the cleaning industry gets the respect it deserves. I agree with you totally. Um, I think what you're doing is is is, is a great step towards that. Um, but I also partly think that cleaning companies are creating that issue in it not getting what it deserves by talking about the market and other players in the market in a less favourable way. Yeah. If we don't value what we do, what our competitors do, I don't know what our clients would. Yeah. I mentioned that on a post recently, you know. It's a tough industry, right? Mm. And, you know, we start. We mentioned it before we started, you know. I could not guarantee you, you go on every cl- cleaning site that we have and every cleaning cupboard is going to be immaculate yeah. without a red mop in a blue bucket by mistake at the end of a shift or whatever, you know, and to go around and point that out, like you say, you're you're spot on. And I think I'm I'm glad you're probably the first person that's mentioned that on the podcast. I totally agree with you. I think we, I think we're our own worst enemy Mm -hmm. in the industry. Um, There's no, I think we need a collective approach in many different issues. And I just think we're miles or miles away from that as an industry, which is worrying really. Um, Yeah. And I think back to COVID, I think that was an ideal opportunity for us to come together as an yeah. industry. It sounds a bit of a cliche, doesn't it? But, and I think we missed that. And like I say, I agree with you. I never, no matter, if a client's called me to come and quote their cleaning, they're obviously unhappy or benchmarking it. I didn't, don't need to go there and start going, oh yeah, look, look at the dust there or look at yeah. the cleaning cupboard. You know, it's just a cheap shot. I, I've actually been to a couple of clients and said, what are you unhappy about? Mm. And they go, they call it the sound of the cleaning. And yeah. I said, I've got to be honest with it. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Could you point out specifically what areas it is you think aren't correct. Yeah. Because I can't see them. And if you don't tell me what they are, I certainly can't pick them up. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of said to them, look, I think you're, I think, well, you've got pretty good if I'm honest. You know, I'm happy to quote and work yeah, of with course. you, but I, you know, I can't see the, the real issue you've got if I'm mm. honest with you. But you want to change, that's fine. And I think sometimes secretly we know customers. They're <laughs> saying that they've got, you know, oh, we've got an issue here. One, it could be a relationship issue. Two, it could be down to price. At the end of the day, they're benchmarking because they want a better price. They do. They do. Yeah. And I, I try and collaborate with uh, other cleaning companies. So um, I'm quite happy to, I like to meet them. Yeah. How you doing? You all right? How can, what is it? Is there anything I can do? And I have to say, I've been quite warmly received by a lot locally. Some, some a little standoffish, but I'm just like, look, how often are we ever going to quote against each other? Yeah. And if we do, wouldn't you, you know, I'd rather go. I'm quoting for that, just so yeah. you know. I'm not, I can't not do it because that's not, that's cartelling, that's not correct. Yeah. But I just say to people, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to really, 
now in four years, I've never quoted against you. Yeah. It'd be better off having a discussion. Yeah. And I might know something and go, oh, no, I get that there. Oh, where'd you do that? Oh, and suddenly, and I'm like, we should just share that. I agree with you. And I think, you know, I don't think there's many, it amazes me because it's very, can be very secretive industry. Like yeah. everyone seems to think they've got something that the cleaning company next door yeah. hasn't. And when the reality is, we're pretty, all pretty similar yeah. in terms of what we're quoting for USPs and yeah. supposed USPs and things like that. With the sustainable stuff, I do believe that there are only very few companies that really take that to heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think, you know, in, Honestly, transparency, you know, we, we try and be as sustainable as we can. Is it top of our agenda day to day? Probably not, if I'm being totally honest. Um, you know, if a customer's dead set on it, which some are, yeah. they want, they specify we want this, this, these products, this process, then we'll happily implement that. But and that's exactly my point. If, if, if you wanted to be better at sustainability or you need to be, yeah. whatever it is, what possible downside there? is there to me showing you how I do it, if yeah. it helps you. No, exactly. And in vice versa. Yeah. There isn't any. No, of course. The worst that will come out of it is you'll think, he's all right, that bloke. Yeah. Um, we had that issue. He, he gave us a couple of suggestions. That's it. Yeah. It's, it is about it's about relationships, and we need more yeah. of that. So I think that was a great great point to finish on. Well, Sean, thank you for coming down. Cheers, Chris. Thanks for having me. Journey. As always, guys, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you leave us a review and subscribe there so you can get our episodes on a bi-weekly basis. So that wraps up another episode. Thank you again to Sean. Make sure you check him out. We'll put the uh, links in the comments below. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.